Welcome Home, a podcast brought to you by John Houston Homes. Join hosts Chelsea Frazier and Whitney Pryor as they walk you through the exciting adventure of your home buying and building journey. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Welcome Home podcast. I'm Whitney and I've got Chelsea here with me. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, everybody. So the housing market is crazy. It is crazy. I don't know another word to describe it. I know. We've been saying that for a while, but yes. now we have the addition of interest rates, and I think people have a lot of questions in their heads. So uh, why don't you go ahead and let us know who we've got uh, joining us today to kind of give us some answers to those questions. Yeah, I would love to. We we actually brought in the person that we always go to and ask all these questions like, what's going on? What are we hearing? What are we doing? But we've brought back a previous guest, Danny Tut. He is a branch manager for Trinity Oaks Mortgage. Danny's actually been in the real estate industry since uh, the 80s. And wow. he's been in the mortgage industry since the 90s. So he's a wealth of knowledge and also just really fun to talk to on all subjects. You know, we talk about everything from Texas country music to mortgages to Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. Yeah. <laughs> your favorite snacks that y'all have in common. Apparently now we, yeah, know. now we know. So we're excited to welcome you to the show, Danny. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So let's talk about Cheez-Its today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> apparently it's your favorite snack and Whitney's. It is. Yeah. It, it may be more fun to talk about than interest rates. Right? But, uh, yeah. Obviously the headline is how much interest rates have gone up since the first of the year. So it's, uh, you know, it's got a lot of people scared. There's a lot of fear factors in there. It's got a lot of people reevaluating what they want to do or what they should do or whatever. And so it's a pretty uh, complex situation because some people are having to reset their expectations on what they can buy or what, you know, what's in their comfort zone things like that, but kind of got two different categories. You have people, you know, the unfortunate people are the people who rates have kind of knocked them out of the housing market because of qualification purposes. And there are some of those, or they have to go down in what they can, they can afford to buy. And then you have the others that are, that are just disappointed or whatever, because they had their sight set on being able to, you know, move up or, or, you know, upgrade their housing situation or whatever and now they're they're not able to get as much as what they thought they were going to do um, a few months ago so that those are kind of the two categories um, that you have out there so, so there are some people reevaluating there's still a huge shortage of houses though so there's still plenty of buyers out there for the homes that are available so um, as John Houston, like a lot of other builders, you're not really finishing any houses that don't get sold and taken. So from that standpoint, it's not really impacting um, it's not really impacting the new home construction business very much. The, the demand is still greater than the supply. So um, that's kind of what what you're seeing. There's a you know, it, it's an emotional thing because people want to lock their rates in or they don't know if they should lock or should or shouldn't lock and things like that. So so that's kind of what what you're seeing out there. So, yeah, uh, and I feel like that's what I've heard, too, is just people not wanting or knowing if it's the right time to make a decision. They're like, well, you know, we could see 
prices drop and they're expecting, I think, a 2008 type recession deal. And what what are your thoughts on that? Well, part, part of it is one of the good and the bad of being in the business as long as you're older. That's the bad. The good is <laughs> you've seen a lot of these cycles before, so you're not that alarmed, you know, um, not to go down history lane too much, but I bought my first house in 1979 and interest rates were 10 and a half then. And I'm, oh, that's the good part. I bought (laughs) another one in like 81 or 82 and they were 15 and a half and another one in 84 and they were like 14 and a half. And then I had one at 11%. I've got these notes written down here, one at seven and a half and I refinanced that one over probably a 10-year period of time, eight-year period of time, two or three times, and got it down to about 4%. So so the threes and fours are a phenomenon over the last 10 years or so. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of the people that have only been in the housing market for that period of time mm-hmm. um, don't fully understand just how fortunate we have been as a whole to mm-hmm. be in that market. So... In the old days, you bought a home, small home, and you lived in a few years. You bought another one. You, you, it was stages that you went through. There it was, was a, a gradual over time. A, exactly. Yeah. And, Wait, it was called a starter home. Yeah. And nobody right. says that anymore. No, no. <laughs> you're exactly right. And and now, the, over the last few years, the rates and things have been so low where people have been able to bypass that and jump over that period of time. And, hey, that's great. I mean, that's that's fantastic that people have been able to do that. But for, for a lot of us that are older, you know, you're like, I can't believe somebody's buying a $400,000 house for their first house yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. I've thought so, that at least 27 <laughs> times in the past so, five years. Right. So that's a, that's kind of the the deal, so the evolution of it all, you know, is, is to when you're, you're just – how lucky that we've been in such a good economy since, I guess, the crash of 08 when the mortgage business went crazy and started doing really foolish things. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, since then, since it's come back, I mean, it's just been guns blazing um, for, for the market and the economy's been great and things like that. Now we've, now we got a little blip in the economy and everybody's kind of freaking out and getting, paranoid and, and schizophrenic a little bit on, mm-hmm. you know, should I do this or should I, shouldn't I do that? So, mm-hmm. so really people that are in their twenties and thirties at this point in their life and have either not bought their first home or are in their first home wanting to upgrade or things like that, they need to know that, you know, you know, those interest rates that we've had and the twos and threes you know, here recently in the past is not something that's normal. Really, our normal is a little, is higher than that. And more than likely, they'll come back, you know. So to me, if interest rates are not necessarily permanent, they're somewhat cyclical with the economy, Mm -hmm. okay? So if a person goes in now and they get a rate in the mid fives, I mean, as long as they don't mess up their credit or something like that in the next year or so, if rates at adjust or whatever, they're going to come back down and and then they will have an opportunity to refinance. Yeah. So that's opportunity. The problem is if they don't buy a house, they get out of the market. Okay. Yeah. And if houses keep 
going up and appreciating like they have done historically, they, they lose ground. Okay. So a person's got to kind of make a decision. Do I want to get out of the market or do I want to stay in the market? You know, uh, or, or, you know, those are the people that don't have a home or the, you know. Yeah. By out and in of the market, you're saying like renting versus buying. Correct. Exactly. You should buy now because if you rent, that price is going to keep creeping up. You're not going to be able to afford a home in, you know, five years to purchase. And, and you always hear people say, well, I'm just going to wait until prices come down. Yeah, that's a that's a big gamble because the prices of houses have rarely ever come down. And we're know? in a very strong market yeah. here in Dallas. And so and it's also yeah, you mentioned something there because it's regional too. You look at all the different statistics and you're going, Well, this is happening and that's happening. Well, that's most of those things you read are national. It's not like necessarily in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear people say all the time, this cannot continue as far as prices going up. Well, that's the same thing that people in California were saying probably 30 years ago. And now they're and it, and it did, million-dollar homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it did keep happening. And uh, so it can, yeah. you know, but uh, it, it's an adjustment for sure. It's a mindset, and, and people want to buy a house right now, the simple fact is it's it's going to cost them a little bit more money or they're going to have to buy a little bit less expensive house if they want the same payment that they had. Sure. Um, so, Or maybe not have that new house and two new cars or yeah. maybe make, oh, we boy, talked about just, this before. You, you, did, yeah. you, just hit my, you just hit one of my nerves right there Uh-oh. as far as uh, people talking about, um, well, the you know, my house payment's going to cost me X amount, a couple hundred dollars more a month, yet they've got two car payments that are five and six hundred dollars each on a depreci- what's typically a depreciating asset, mm-hmm. you know. Cars never increase in value unless, you know, you've yeah, you get a classic car yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you get, I mean, you get crazy times like right mm-hmm. now, but yeah. I mean, if you want a new car right now, you're going to probably pay more than what the <laughs> MSRP is on it, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, but that's literally some of the decisions people are going to have to make. Do I want to just keep driving this car after I pay it off or, you know, I want to just hold off and, and not upgrade the housing situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But I want it all, Danny. Well, you can have it all. <laughs> and a lot of debt, too. And, and, and a lot of times, too, here's something I feel like people try to put, they always try to make it, it what's the most financially or prudent thing to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. But if you're, for example, if you're y'all's age with young kids or whatever, and mm-hmm. you want to upgrade your housing, or maybe you want to move to a different neighborhood or a different school, your kids are only going to be that age one time. So you can put it on hold if you want to, but you can't put, you can't put that time on hold, you know, and go, okay, well, man, I thought, Prices were going to come down or rates were going to come down, and they didn't. And I waited three years, and now I did not, you know, improve my housing situation. And I didn't get that other house that had this this room or this room in it or for for my kids or, or whatever that might be. So um, those are just things. Every, those are individual decisions people have to make, you know. So, yeah. um you know, you can you can do that, but it's a it's a gamble to a certain degree. And I think it's not it's not something that you have to look at 
as a permanent decision, both with the interest rates or refinancing and just making that purchase. That doesn't have to be your forever home. Right. You can get into something that might not have all of the things that you want, but that you can afford for right now and understand that statistically speaking and historically speaking, the home value will appreciate. You know, I think it's somewhere around like four or five percent in the DFW right. market over time. So you can count on it appreciating in value and know that in a few years you might be able to move into an upgraded home or refinance with a lower interest rate. So those things are not permanent just because you're purchasing a home. Right. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good point because you you just it's kind of like the stock market, you know. Like mm-hmm. right now the stock market's down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sit back in hindsight and go, man, I should have jumped out of this thing when the market was way up. But timing stuff is, I mean, that's really lucky. If you just stay in historically, you know, you're going to, you're going to come out ahead. You know, some people get lucky, mm-hmm. you know, some people can uh, uh, do great. You know, a lot of people made million dollars on Bitcoin. It's just all a timing thing. You probably got a lot of people lost some money on it recently too. I don't know. I don't keep up with it really. But I will say this though, from the mortgage side, if you can qualify for it, you can pay for it. Okay. Because yes, that company's not going to give you money if they don't think that right, you can no. pay it back. The yeah. guidelines are are strict enough, okay, and they're taking all these – they've learned their lesson back in 2007 or eight, from when they were really not so smart lending practices when they had stated income loans and a bunch of adjustable rate mortgages and things like that. You know, they, there's some kind of hybrid adjustable rate mortgages, which aren't necessarily bad. If you're getting one for purposes of qualifying – then that's the wrong reason to get one. Mm-hmm. But they've even kind of changed that now where you can't even qualify off of the lowest rate on that to protect people against themselves mm-hmm. is really what they're doing. So yeah. if you qualify by the lending guidelines, you can pay for it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it, whether or not you want to do that um, is an, is another question, but you would be able to to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're not throwing money around for people that are not qualified like they were back in the early 2000s, which caused the, you know, which caused the downfall there for a while. And then we adjusted. So that's a thing, too. I'm not a economist or anything, but everybody talks about are we in a bubble or whatever? And I don't know the answer to that. The, but if if we were to be in one, it wouldn't be for the same reasons of what happened back then, because that was created from lending practices that were not very smart, you know, giving loans to people, uh, investors on stated income loans and all kinds of different things um, with very little down payment. And, you know, th- that did not that didn't work out. It turned out to not. Recipe for disaster. A total recipe for a disaster. And it and that's how it turned out to be too. But you know, back to rates, I don't um think that there's a huge crisis out there really. I think it is an adjustment when the when the Fed starts 
raising their interest rates, typically what happens is they're trying to head off inflation. And if what they're doing works, uh, long-term mortgage rates are basically uh, driven by inflation. And so when they're, when it, as inflation comes down, uh, so will long-term rates, and there's your opportunity to, to refinance and, and, and get the payment, you know, down all the time. We saw it. We saw it as rates dropped and got in the threes and all the people that had the fives and sixes are refinancing and they're putting pulls in and all kinds of different things because they could cash out and they could and, and, you know, they could upgrade their house. They could do all kinds of things and keep their payment the same as -hmm. what it was before close, you know. So. We saw a lot of houses in our neighborhood getting improvements, like pool, yeah. like you said, pool signs in the front yard or paint or pergolas over the past few years. I mean, we did the same thing. We purchased in 2009, and my husband and I were talking about it. We're like, what was our first interest rate? Because we refinanced two times right. in that time span, More, most recently just this past year. So it's I, I just didn't think about that as in this market buying now refinancing later until we you know started talking about this episode and what we were going to go over and I was like that's actually really sound advice. I mm-hmm. mean we we even listened to a little uh podcast Dave Ramsey talked about it as well so it's obviously not mm-hmm. anything new our idea that we just came up with in this room people are talking about it but I think it's in, a lot of people probably don't think about that in that way because I know I didn't. So you just it's it's a matter of priority. A lot of it is, okay, I can do this or that, or I can have a house payment that's a couple hundred bucks more than Mm -hmm. what, you know, if you start actually drilling down to what you could actually save on a daily basis from eating out to... Oh, you're streaming. That's two hundred bucks. Streaming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For, you know, just crazy things that you don't even think about, you know. Yeah, if you actually really take a good look at your bank statement and go through it line by line for a month, maybe the past two months, you'll for sometimes I think people forget what they signed up for or something that they don't yes. use anymore. Do you have to have premium Spotify or do you want to save ten dollars a month? Right. You know, could you deal with commercials for a few years yeah. if you want to save that much money? I so mean, I, I get charges that flip up on my phone from Apple for Two ninety nine, or I don't even know what it is. Yeah, you know, and, but it's you know I don't even want to take the time to figure it out. I'm probably paying, you know, but now I'm starting to look and go, wait a minute, what is this? Did yeah. we sign up for this? Because that's half a tank of gas. I mean, half a gallon of gas. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's a lot of things people can do. Kroger, though, they do. If you buy a gift card, uh, at certain times they give you quadruple points for gas. Oh, okay. nice. I need to do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we know we're going to go to Home Depot or somewhere and spend $100 or whatever, we'll go to Kroger and buy the gift card. That's smart. And then go to Home Depot. Oh. And then yeah, you so get, you... like, a dollar off your gas hey. or whatever. I love so. putting in my, <laughs> my, re- my number. Y'all can erase that part. No, I think that's a great <laughs> that's tip. Awesome. Yeah. I they don't do it. it all the time, mm-hmm. but. They're like, hey, if we're going here or there, and actually a, a guy that my wife works with was telling her about that. I'm like, that's pretty smart, really. Yeah, because yeah. if so. it's at a store you know you you shop at or you're going to or something, right. then it's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. So I think there's a, all sorts of creative ways people can look at their budget and yeah. figure out, okay, interest rate-wise, you know, 
what what does that look like on monthly payment when you're going from three uh, percent up to five percent interest rate? What does that look like? Even uh, obviously, it depends on the right. loan amount. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know our average loan amount at John Houston and what we do is probably somewhere around four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So. You're talking about, I'm going to say every eighth of a percent is probably about $30 a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. so what would that be? Uh, you know, so, you, so you're talking about a, a half a percent, say at $120 a month or so. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really not that much when you look at it, though. A few hundred bucks that you're figuring out where you can adjust that in your budget monthly. Right. You know? So you yeah, you're you're talking about even going up two percent. So you're mm-hmm. you're going uh, even if you go up I'm trying to do this in my head, what would that be? Well let's just say a percent and a half. So a half a percent is a hundred and twenty. Is that what we just said? Yes. So a half mm-hmm. uh one and a half percent is you're going up like three hundred and sixty dollars a month at yeah. a percent and a half. Yeah. On a house. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that's not just chump change, really, but it's. But uh, there are things you can do in your budget when you really look at it. Like, right. how much do you spend on Starbucks? Right. Oh, Let's yeah. look at that Starbucks first. That Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I oh, always yeah. go back. <laughs> I always go back to the car situation for yep. a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they just, yeah. you know, I'm like, hey. Um, That's a car payment. Pay one car off and drive mm-hmm. it for a while. So many yeah. people work from home now. Yeah, absolutely. Right now that you wonder how critical mm-hmm. is it that you have, you know, two. Obviously, you want something dependable or whatever. But, right. you know. Yeah, my cousin sold his car because they both work at home. He's right. like, there was no point in us both having vehicles. Yeah. Or like if you don't currently work from home, your company may offer that now and didn't before. So if you worked right. from home one or two days a week. Would that save you gas money? Yeah. 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 So, there, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to make up for that. And like I said, it's not it's not probably not permanent. The rate you have a chance to refinance. What we do know will happen, though, is in a few years, home values appreciating. We know that the sales price of homes will probably only go up. So when you look at the cost of that, you know, what yeah, is and, what are and, you weighing? And whether it's getting into the market initially, okay? But if you like you mentioned a while ago, if homes go up 5% a year, and obviously the last couple of years they've gone up way more than that. Yeah. But if they go up 5% a year and you're in a $300,000 house and someone else is in a $450,000 Five, if you're in the lesser expensive one and they both go up 5%, you lost ground because 5% of the higher amount is obviously more. So you have to make sure if you're not going to move now, if you don't want to move now, that your pay increases or things like that keep pace mm-hmm. um, because you've, you know, otherwise you're going to lose ground. And so that other, that goal house that you have is getting further away from you unless your income's going up to bridge that gap. Um, so that's that's the thing you have to be careful of is the, the spread just keeps getting greater and greater. A lot of people, I say a lot of people, some people sold homes because they thought that we were at a high point. This has happened the last couple of years or so. So I'm going to sell my house right now, and I'm just going to 
because I'm going to make so much money out of it. And then I think this market is going to come down and then I'm going to go in and buy another house. Well, guess what? It didn't come down. And so that person that took themselves out of the market, you know, thinking that it was going to come down, they they lost a lot of ground that, that way. Because mm-hmm. so. now they had to pay the higher interest rate and the and prices of the homes are not coming down. So correct. they're still paying that higher exactly. price. Yeah. Exactly. So they can't, you know, they're, they're now there's no way to make that up, really. Except just, go into a smaller home than yeah. what they had. Yeah. Or pay more money, and then they cut back on something else, which is – but trying to outguess a market, whether it's the stock market, no the one housing, knows. <laughs> they don't. It's it's uh, There's no way to know. You can listen to one analyst say one thing and listen to somebody else. Whatever it is you want to hear, just Google it. it. Google it, and somebody will tell you that is going to happen. Yeah, you know? right. So yeah. if you, if you want to – if you want information that the markets, that the housing market's going to crash, Google it. Somebody will be it. saying it. If you want information that's going to keep going up, Google that too, because somebody's saying that too. Yeah. And most of the time, both parties are credible people. You mm-hmm. know, they have their facts um, in their minds. They're not just making it up. You know, for people that are also unsure whether or not to purchase right now or or build a house, purchase a house that's in construction or build because of the amount of time it's taking to complete houses. Can we talk about our how we partner with Trinity Oaks Mortgage with the rate lock and kind of what that means? Yeah, I would. Uh, there are extended rate locks that are out there. And how that typically works is, you know, normally when a, when a lender quotes a rate, that's like a 30 or a 60 day rate. And so they'll tell you this is the rate, you know, for that. Well, the longer you go, the longer you want somebody to guarantee you a rate, you know, let's say for 90 days or 120 or 180 days or whatever, it, it's like paying for insurance. So the cost uh, f- to guarantee you that goes up for the amount of time that that lender is guaranteeing you that rate for. So you're not going to get the same rate for 90, 120, 180 days as you would on a 30-day rate, okay? Um, what we're doing right now with John Houston is they're doing some things with a with a with like a 4.875% interest rate, which is a great rate to be in the yeah. fours right now, is absolutely great. Well, they're paying the cost of doing that for the buyer because that has a greater impact on their payment $10,000 on a loan amount or a sales price of a house is only going to drop that payment about $50 a month, okay? If you took that same $10,000 and applied that to buy down the interest rate, you're going to drop the payment way more than that. I mean, way more. I can't remember exactly what the number we figured a while ago, but it, it'll mm-hmm. it'll be at least two to one That's over great. what you would get if you just put more money down on it. Yeah. So, uh, but that's some of the things that that we're doing as far as locking in the rates, and you know, it, people sometimes will say, "Well, I want to wait. I think the rates are going to come down, or or whatever." And they might, but um, you know, we do float downs with them as well. So if you lock in and the rate comes down, we'll we'll adjust the interest rate, you know, prior to closing. So that's kind of like a, again, it's like an insurance policy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. 
that's a benefit of working with a lender that's owned by the home building company or the family of companies as to work together with that kind of stuff. So, um, and right now there's not a lot of pre-owned homes on the market. And so it's driving everything to new construction and everybody's, it's well documented all the, all the issues people have now with supply chains and things like that and the shortage of trades and labor and materials and things like that. So the, the industry as a whole is having a tough time with predicting build times because there's a surprise around every corner. It's really difficult to try to predict a build or a completion date too far out. Right. So that's just the general challenges. So the locking in the rate is... Um, it's beneficial for both the, it is. the seller and the... In yeah, the I'm, a, I'm a pretty conservative person. I would lock in as fast as I could. Um, if I was somebody, if the rate comes down, then you Can know, I'll float down. down or whatever. Even after I close, if it comes down, I would, I would refinance. But mm-hmm. you know, question question I always tell people to ask themselves: Would you rather Would you rather have your rate locked in and wish you hadn't, or not lock your rate in and wish you had? So. Um, and the answer to that, if you can float down, would be why not? It's similar to my favorite saying, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, and that's that's true. You're just, you know, if, you, if you've got a rate that you can live with, um, then lock it in. You know, I mean, some people are a different deal. Some people, you know, the rate's not that important to them and they can sit there and play with that. And not they're not going to sweat over. It's your risk tolerance. Absolutely, yeah. it is. And you just people at different stages in life. You know, you're like, hey, I rolled the dice and I came up short. My payment's a hundred dollars a month. Big deal. That's what some people think. I wouldn't think it, but other people would think. You know, and the, and then the other side is it's devastating to them. You know, in their in their minds. You know. Yeah, anyway. it's great. Great advice. Any. Parting words of wisdom or anything I don't have we didn't any, cover? I don't know if I've given you any words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> it's always words of wisdom. To start with. But, yes, I um, could talk to you all, all day long about here, here's my, all this. Here, here's my parting words and whether you can decide whether it's wisdom or not. Okay. The one thing you know you're doing if you're renting a house is you're giving somebody else money. And so if you can get into the market, you know, whether it's a townhome, whether whatever it is, maybe it's not exactly what you want right now, you know, but if you can get into the market and keep pace, um, get in there. And if it's the other, if you want the the nicer house or whatever, because your family's at a stage and you just think it's time to move up and you've worked hard to do that, I mean, go do it. You know, nobody promised me tomorrow, so I'm going to go. You know, if I have the ability to do it and it's to the benefit of my family or upgrade my lifestyle or, or whatever, you know, it's a house, though. It's where you now I'm going back to my sales days here for a second. It's a house. <laughs> it's where you raise your kids. It's where you sleep. It's where you live. It's not a car that you drive somewhere else. It's your neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a whole different thing. It's not it's not clothes or a car or, you know, a boat 
or whatever. It's a house. It's where you go to sleep. It's where you eat dinner, and it's where you build community or with your family. Yeah, you know. So if there's one thing that 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 I feel like somebody if, that you sacrifice don't not get it because the interest rates are causing the payment to be a hundred dollars more a month if you can afford it. So we've had situations to where we've had people roll in their closing cost into their mortgage. And so that would allow them more cash. They go less cash into the house. They have more cash at their disposal, and then they go pay off other debts. Okay. So they pay a car off or they pay a car down. Uh, let's say you're working with $10,000. And so you, you roll that in and, and you cut out, you know, you knock out three or $400 a month in some kind of consumer debt or an installment debt. Okay. So your house payment may be $200 more, but you got rid of $400. And oh, other debt. That's okay. smart. Yeah. And so that's a that's something that we've been doing a lot of right now, adjusting somebody's debt structure. So if you've got X number of dollars, what you really want to look at is how much money you have going out. Don't get so fixated on if my house payment and my two car payments, okay, are higher. If I get rid of a car payment and then my combined of those things is less, even though my house payment's higher and I was able to to adjust the other, then you're still better off yeah. in, in doing it that way. So, so another possibility for people is just, and we do that all the time, myself, the other loan officers that work for us that I manage here uh, are looking at that all the time on how to adjust somebody's you know, 401k loans are another great example. Mm -hmm. Go borrow. Most people can borrow against their 401k. The the interest you pay back is to yourself. So you go get the 401k loan, um, pay off a car. You you know what I'm saying? And then, um, you know, the money you're paying back is, is to yourself. And, uh, it's just another way to be creative and, and look at things. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we do that. All the time. I I always tell people that once you get rid of private mortgage insurance and put 20% down on a house, my personal opinion is it makes no sense to put more money down on the house until you get rid of all your consumer debt that that you're paying interest on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And And uh, higher interest. Higher interest or sometimes even any interest at all. Yeah. On it, so even if you pay a car off with one point nine nine percent interest, and you're got, you know, you knock out six hundred dollars a month on that, you can take that six hundred dollars and pay extra principal on your house or, mm-hmm. or other things that you can do with it. I think for some people that's overwhelming, and where do you even start? So I mean, I think if you're even considering it, call Trinity Oaks Mortgage. There's yes. no obligation or um, consultation fee to apply and and see. No pressure. You know, they're really like friends that know a lot about the industry and are there to help problem solve for you. Yeah. What we'll do sometimes too is just say, hey, here's, here's different scenarios. Okay. And, you know, these are, these are scenarios that we have. These are possibilities for you. If you want, take these to a financial advisor or a parent or somebody that, 
you know, has a vested interest in you, you know, we feel like we do too, but somebody that you've had a relationship with for a long time, a CPA or whatever, and say, hey, does this make sense to do that? Well, thank you, Danny, thank you. for joining us. It's a wealth of knowledge, and we really appreciate it. Okay, can I have my cheese it now? Yes. <laughs> nope, not till we finish. <laughs> Officially. <laughs> thank you, listeners, for joining us today on the Welcome Home podcast. Uh, for more information, visit our show notes. I'll link to Trinity Oaks Mortgage, their website, where you can go and get more information and get the contact information for uh, to reach out to one of their loan officers. Like we said. They're happy to help, happy to look at your profile and see how they can help you get into a home today. And for more information, feel free to give us a call as well, 866-298-1416 or visit our website at jhoustonhomes.com. Welcome home.